Is Age of Ultron the biggest disappointment in the MCU? Let's check the facts. Age of Ultron was released three years after Avengers, the movie that broke blockbusters as we know it. It came on the heels of a really good 2014 for Marvel, with Winter Soldier, the surprising Guardians of the Galaxy, and even Days of Future Past from Fox. When talking about the superhero boom in some cinematic studies class 30 years from now, 2015 will be an entire lecture. Age of Ultron made $100 million less than The Avengers. Not something that's supposed to happen. The sequel made less than the original. Still, it was the MCU's third billion dollar hit. People didn't really like it because it jammed a lot of stuff in. It tried to set up the larger universe rather than its own story, and it spent more time developing its characters than showing them in action. We've talked about the concept of MacGuffin films and their usually low-ranking status, so why do I love this movie so much? Because it got better with time. It predicted every important plot point from Marvel by the end of Endgame. No threads were left hanging. How often does that happen? It almost felt like a prequel. Age of Ultron isn't the MCU's biggest disappointment. It's the inception point of its biggest success. Thanks for coming back to The Wrong Opinion MCU Rewatch. Yeah, BJ Clark here. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was your cue. Uh, we're That's talking, of cue. course, talking about Avengers Age of Ultron. BJ, you want to give a couple quick thoughts before we hop into awards? Yeah, I think that my thoughts aren't too different from yours. Um, I think this is an interesting movie because it's one that gets way better the second and third time you watch it. Um, this is a movie, I think I've said this before about other MCU movies, but this is a good like watch on an airplane movie because it's got a lot of good things about like the dialogue and it's just fun. But if you are trying to watch it all the way through, sometimes it can get a little a little off track. They tried to do a lot. I think that there were big expectations being the second Avengers movie and they tried to maybe they tried a little too hard to one up it. I think this movie was a little bit feigied. I there were I'm I don't want to spoil useless trivia and other awards, uh, but they wanted this movie to be even bigger. At least Joss Whedon did at some parts. Yeah. I, I, I like what you said about this being like, this is one of the best action movies among the MCU. I can't think of a, a, a another MCU movie that has better, like top to bottom action. I'm going to get to this in the cheesiest fight scenes, but spoiler, it's kind of hard to pick one, but let's go to the awards. What are you picking first? Let's start at the, I am Iron Man award for best single line. All right. What do you got? So I just mentioned that the dialogue is really good. I think that's one of the strengths of Joss Whedon. Oh, yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of them. Uh, I think the one that I choose for the best line is uh, when um, I think it's Hill says, we're not at war. And then Captain America says, they are. And I don't know. I think it kind of like encapsulates Captain America's empathy for people. <laughs> and um, that was that was a good line. Yeah, I think you're also cutting that one in half, too. I think you have to have that first part uh, where he says, yeah, what kind of uh, psychopath would let a German soldier experiment on them for the sake of their country? Like that, mm-hmm. that part, too. Is, it's really his, you say his empathies towards people, but mostly towards towards Wanda as it goes forward in the in the next in civil war. You kind of see that as well. 
mm-hmm. when he's really empathetic towards her her plight as a as a young kid. I think a lot of this and sometimes we read too much into movies because they're just written by people. Um, so it's not real human development, but it shows some development of Captain America where, you know, I think it's easy to put him as like a black and white, especially in the Avengers movie where it's like good guys versus bad guys. But I think here, Captain America, Steve Rogers uh, kind of realizes that there's some gray and that people believe just as strongly in their cause as as he does his yeah that was a big problem i think with the captain america character in the comics it was always black and white and that was really touched upon in the frontline series going alongside the civil war did you ever read that yes i that's my favorite series it's got like penance and it talks about tony stark's development in the during the civil war and if all is a journalist trying to talk to captain america and she says what do you actually know about america like just yada yada but he he's just totally black and white in the comics and that's a really part a good part i like about this this chris evans version um that he is empathetic towards what is a bad guy and he understands that like yeah america did this thing and this country is also doing this thing for the same reason just because we're america Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that we're right right i've got three different uh lines for the I Am Iron Man Award, they're all three very different, I guess, genres of lines. I really like the line, victory should be honored with rebels. Um, I've definitely used that line before. It kind of combines like both personas of Tony and Thor. And it's I think it's really good for that, like that character development that I talked about, why this movie is so important for the MCU. Uh, and, and just kind of a funny way, it just sets up the group's new formation into, into genuine buddies and even, you know, Captain America hops in that conversation like uh yeah yeah, we did good so yeah rebels um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna talk about this line more in the hawkeye award for the most unexpectedly inspiring moment but just one line from his speech that spoiler alert is gonna be winning that award because that's what it's named after when he says i'm going back out there because it's my job that because he's uh, i mean other than obviously captain america he's the most like soldier driven of the avengers mm-hmm. um and that's that's just his mentality like this is what i do so i'm gonna go do it and then the yeah. last one uh visions not really monologue but when he's talking to ultron at the end he says humans are odd they think order and chaos are somehow opposites and they can try to control what uh, won't be but there's grace in their failings i think you missed that ultron says they're doomed then here the line i really like Yes, but a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. I like that one. A little cheesy, but pulls in my heartstrings. I dig it. Good old vision. Yeah, I actually I have a couple of runners up too um, that you didn't mention, so that's good. Uh, one is when Captain America says, if you get killed, walk it off. I forgot I about that one. one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to use that probably with Sophie in sports practice. <laughs> if we get through this, I'll hold your own. You I that? Who, okay, that was Tony that said that. Was that in the in the last battle? Yeah, I I totally forgot about that one. But that's just such like a. It's one that I said it to Rody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they some of the lines they uh, pushed a little bit. I'm like, how did that make it in there? The the, the biggest one. Movie. This isn't gonna be best line. It. I don't want to spoil it because it might go into funniest moment. Um, but another one that kind of pushes the envelope there or whatever 
Uh, he says, you and better, you and Banner better not be playing hide the zucchini. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna put that one too. Yeah, that one was Kelly. It's even funnier because he's green. That's why it's even funnier. That's why it's funny. <laughs> it wouldn't be funny if he wasn't green. I mean, zucchinis are still, uh, you know, phallic shaped. So, <laughs> I <funny>. guess. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it would be okay. Um, <laughs> Good time to talk about this, though. Is Joss Whedon the best writer the MCU's ever seen? Uh, I don't think he's the best director. Kind of, yeah, it kind of goes along with, is he the worst director that they've ever seen, too? <laughs> I was going to talk about this at some point, but yeah. So Joss Whedon, I think, would be make a great comic book writer. He wrote comics, because... right? I, I think he has, yeah. Yeah, I don't um, think uh, Marvel comics, but... Because because the lines are really good. And actually, this is this movie. I hate watching things with subtitles. You should watch this movie with subtitles because there are some really good lines in there. Um, it's kind of very different. Like we did Iron Man together and talking about how Iron Man was like completely improv or mostly improv. And this was like clearly written line for line. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a really great writer. The directing, not so much. Um, I mean, I think this movie's fine. It's fine. And it it's funny because if you watch this movie and then you watch um Justice League, uh you see where they brought in Whedon because like the tone and like the the lines of like all the quips, it, it's clearly obvious. Um but like it's it's like what what it feels like in a comic book book movie. Like so it's okay, <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah, he's a great writer. I don't know if there's anybody else that I would say competes with him. Yeah, do I don't think? think I don't think he's necessarily a bad director. I think he uh, has a tone, and it doesn't always fit. And that's that was the issue with Justice League is that it wasn't the right tone for that. Uh, and of, often when you have a a writer a a writer <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna use that word a writer writer director who also writes, um, then they want it really strict on the script, like sticking to it. Uh, which I understand, mm-hmm. like they made that, and that kind of takes away from some. Um, I don't know, you, you just don't see the same like acting cohesiveness between actors because mm-hmm. they don't get to riff off each other, which is why Iron Man was so good. So, I think that sometimes leads to uh, like the movie just kind of takes a hit from that. And yeah. I, I might have put Taika Waititi as potentially the best writer after Ragnarok, but after he, <laughs> after Love and Thunder, he lost that award by a lot, <sighs> you know. I was listening to your podcast with Ricky and talking about Love and Thunder. I think it was around when it came out or maybe a little after, but he said it was going to be ridiculous and it was ridiculous. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. But at some point, don't you want to like, there's just no heart when everything is joke. And then I don't know. I did not like that movie. I spoiler alert for 24 movies from now or whatever. I think that's going to be in the skippable lane, but uh, we can talk about that later. Uh, and real yeah. quick, when we were talking about uh, his comic book writing, he's written a lot of comics, obviously a lot about um, uh, like Angel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Serenity uh, movie, or shows that he created too. Uh, he also wrote for Marvel, Astonishing X-Men. He wrote a line mm-hmm. with them. That's right. Yeah. Have you read J.J. J. Abrams' uh, Spider-Man series? No. When was that? Mm, probably like 2015, I think. Oh, okay check Personally, it out you know what i read i did read a 20 like around that time um 
I, I did read a comic series, a, a, a Spider-Man series, and, and I didn't know it was his. It might have been his, but uh, we'll figure that out later. Uh, I'm going to go with the... I, I already kind of spoiled this, so I'm going Hawkeye Award for the most unexpectedly inspiring moment. Hawkeye's speech to Wanda. I don't think I'm overstating this. It's my favorite moment in the entire MCU. Uh, one time when I was leading a sales meeting last year, uh, I changed the words a little bit to inspire my troops. And in my head, it was really good. I don't know if they reacted to it well, but I mm-hmm. thought it was great. Um, I, I just top to bottom. That's it, it's I think my favorite monologue in any movie ever. It's my favorite moment in the MCU. It makes you just mm-hmm. think you can do anything, right? Hawkeye is so interesting because he's like, obviously he's the most human in his abilities, but also he's like, he's definitely the character that grounds everybody and he's kind of aware of everything. Yeah. Um, Like, <laughs> like when he says, uh, I'm out here in a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. Like, he he kind of realizes how ridiculous this is yeah and And that's honestly i think because of that line his scene with his wife at home i i think that made it okay because the first time i I watched it or even watching it this time when i saw that that scene with his wife she's like you're the most important of them yada yada i'm like is he really or he just being a good wife and then he actually he, he explains or not really explains but shows why he is the most important of them at least for their um their mm-hmm. their psyche you know bringing them together like yeah this is insane i have a bone arrow you have superpowers and i'm doing way more damage than you are let's come on let's go come on <laughs> do you have another answer for the hawkeye award because i mean that's the name of the award yeah no i actually put vision um okay you know like just vision's whole like when he gets started and he's like uh i'm not necessarily on your side i'm on the side of life and like how he kind of shows empathy for Ultron. He's like, I don't want to kill Ultron, but he's he's in pain and he can destroy the the world. I thought that was kind of cool. Plus, when he yeah. picked up the hammer, that was pretty. Inspiring. That's what I was going to say. That quick turn where he's like, he's a like, go on and go on. And he's like, we need to go now. And mm-hmm. around has that in his hand. The podcast can't hear me or can't see me spinning, but you can imagine it. Yeah, that was that was I didn't even think of that one because I was so stuck on the Hawkeye. But that's a good runner up for me let's skip to uh cinematic peak because i wonder where you think vision cinematic peak is you know what i did Ooh. okay it's not oh man he's only in three and if you're talking about his mcu peak it's wandavision obviously but it's a cinematic peak so that kind of changes it he's only in in this civil war infinity war right missing anything I think it's it, you could totally say it's this one. I think each one he kind of peaks differently because he has he, he develops quickly because he's in only three movies. All right. Give me your give me your argument for vision and peaking in this one. So I think with vision, he's most inspiring in this movie. I think this is like most of the other movies. He doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah, like um, action wise, this is the only one where you really see him in action. Like he kind of yeah. in Civil War, obviously he's not using his mega powers on his yeah. friends. And then well, they basically sidelined. Yeah, they basically sidelined him intentionally, I think, because he's so powerful. Um, and so, like in that case, like I think that it, this is his best outing as a like hero too. Yeah. Um. 
yeah i think like the later movies he evolves and he becomes more human but i think that the fact that he's really not human here and very kind of um beyond or above like human feeling um i think that makes him the best here it would be interesting to see you know like wandavision has uh this new vision it'll be interesting to see where that goes if that Mm -hmm. goes anywhere yeah i am excited to see if it does anything at all (laughs) yeah the whole like multiverse of madness was so fun but kind of ruined a lot of storylines yeah i i just thought that he was gonna pop in i thought he was gonna save the day you know yeah i was shocked i love that movie though so we're not gonna i it's impossible to bash that movie it's the perfect movie uh it's gonna be number one at the end of i'm just kidding it is a great movie though. i wonder if it will be retconned i wonder if like with all this time stuff that like something will happen that this no longer is a thing because i don't know i think people are gonna be upset that you kind of ruined scarlet witch here did you ruin her well, it didn't it, ruin it, but I'm going to talk about this later in this one. But she came in this movie, a creepy witch, and mm-hmm. she was down like downward terrifying. And then we just didn't get to see that. And in the comics, she was House of M. She was one of the most important villains. And obviously, she was yeah. in times too, but yeah. Lot. So, I mean, there's also the opportunity that we see the more we go back to the more uh, nice Wanda by somehow the other universe wanda with actual kids gets roped into here somehow yeah i think she's coming back in some way uh i mean i don't think they're just getting rid of the character who is beloved and letting her die as a mm-hmm. villain well i guess she kind of died as a hero but you know after a villainous movie i think she's definitely coming back but i'm excited to see if it's different universe or if it's if it's that one yep do you have anything else All for right. uh, the ragnarok award nope all right. Who did you have? I had Clint Barton by a lot. I think uh, you could say he peaks in Hawkeye, but cinematically, I think he peaks here. I don't think there's really another answer. He shows why he's here again with that that speech. He's fighting robots with a bow and arrow. Uh, he was kind of underused in Avengers, which I think I think it was justified. Uh, you can only you know develop so many characters at the same time. But here he shows why he's honestly like if you're talking pound for pound, <laughs> like power for power, he's the best Avenger, right? Because he has mm-hmm. no powers and he's holding his own with the rest. And he's probably my favorite. He he like the the scene just where he throws Cap's shield. It's like okay, yeah, you belong here. That's cool. Mm-hmm. By by Civil War, he was too much of like a, a dorky dad character. He's like, oh, I'm I'm retired. It hit eighteen balls. Hit eighteen holes in one. Like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. you're kind of done. Um, and then his his end game appearance is just vengeance fueled. And I think honestly, a little over the top. Not not bad, but a little. I don't know. I just missed Hawkeye. I guess. Um, yeah, you, you, he only appeared in five movies. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah, was, then he got his own series. Then he got his own series. Yeah, I think I, that's that's a really good choice. I think um, Hawkeye is so interesting, and like we talked about how he doesn't have powers, but really, it's a power. Like, I mean, you can't get that. He's he's on eye steroids or something. Yeah, in um, in the comics, it's described as a power that he just literally can't miss, and and in this, it's you know <laughs> superpower levels of accuracy but they just never say it's that uh i'm gonna do the one-off character so you can talk about ultron um because i would say ultron too uh it's i it, i think it's the best performance as an mc villain maybe ah that's probably stretching um but 
despite not being live action, it's 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 really really good. I didn't really love the visual aspect of the character, so I'm really giving it more to James Spader than to Ultron. Um, they gave him a mm-hmm. mouth, and that it just was weird, really deep into the uncanny valley. But even though you couldn't see what he was doing, James Spader just like he was terrifying and he was funny and he was just one of the best. I I think it's fair to say he's the best actor, the best acting performance as an MCU villain. I don't think that's that's bad. He's not the best villain, but I think he's the best acting performance as a villain in the MCU. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Loki in Avengers is really good too. Yeah. Ah, tough. I just There's been a lot of good question and now I'm struggling to answer it. There have been a lot of good villain performances. Who okay, give me this. Who who do you think was better? You can tell me Loki and Avengers. Loki. Um, I think I think uh Kurt Russell. Hello was Brolin. good. Hello was amazing, but I don't think her performance, I don't think Kate Blanchett versus James Spader. I don't I don't think I don't think yeah. she... I think Brolin did really good with Thanos. Yeah. Uh I think I think it's a tragedy that you only get Ultron for one movie. Yeah. Um I think if it were up to me, Ultron would have come started come on in a different movie and then the, kind of left with the cliffhanger of Ultron kind of taking over and then the whole movie is fighting Ultron because I think that like I wish that you had more of them and it's honestly not bad because I mean on top of missing out on more James Spader like it, it did go really quick from you know the party scene and then like, it was just a, a quick uh, which they had to do because it was a pretty long movie already but yeah that would have been a bad idea yeah and he did a really good job kind of being he was terrifying like i I think that like people could have had nightmares about Ultron if you're the right age. Um, like and 75, you can have. Uh, yeah. Nightmares. Yeah. About. If you're old enough or young enough. Um, <laughs> and like, it's just the, the way that he like kind of portrayed this character that's clearly off the rails in has super anger problems, but portrays himself as calm cool and collected like he just does that perfect and yeah it's so many different elements like it's a a petulant child and this in this grown um like more stable than really anybody in in some parts he seems that way and then also just Mm -hmm. this madman it's just these three perfect pieces of the same same character yeah and it's different it's different than how you would expect ultron to be played and like when the movie when they announced that James Spader was going to be Ultron, it's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And then he just like blows it away. So yeah, I really wish he wasn't a one-off character. He was in what if, so he gets a little live there, but in terms of cinematically one-off character. Yeah. He gets all the infinity stones and then he just like tears through everybody. Um, And then I don't want to mention Helen Cho was pretty good. I liked her character a lot. Um, I like seeing more of those ground level characters team up with the Avengers and seem like they're buddies. Uh, Pietro, obviously, he was uh, his character was cool. His acting wasn't very good. I like Aaron uh, Taylor Johnson a lot, but he wasn't very good in this movie. <laughs> Terrible accent. I'm talking about that with Wanda too a little bit. Quicksilver was fine. It's kind of weird that they killed him off, but whatever. I think there were so many characters that lived you know there's no deaths among the superheroes for so long like he got to kill off one 
And then what better than that one and give Wanda a reason to, to fight harder. Mm-hmm. So I wish we had him more, but I think it's fair that he, he died. Let's do She-Hulk Award for answers to questions that don't need to be asked. And <laughs> I've got a really good one for this one. Okay. All I right. only have one. Yeah. Um, I have only one. And this this is almost trivia, so sorry. But um my question is uh what's up with Helen Show? Why is there so much time for her? And like what does she have to do with anything? And I don't know if you know this. Do you know this about Helen Show? You haven't talk- said it yet, so come Okay, well I was I was asking if you knew the connection to the greater Marvel universe. No. So she is the father or the mother. She's the mother of Amadeus Cho, mm. who is a Hulk. He um, is the Hulk in the New Avengers. So we might hear more about the Cho family coming soon. That was a good piece of trivia. Uh, my answer to question that doesn't need to be asked. Does Clint Barton play the drums? So when they're all trying to live <laughs> me only or after the party, they're all hanging out. He's kind of fiddling with drumsticks. You know what I'm talking about? Just playing around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the entire group has a band. And I put together who is in what position. Uh, Tony, of course, is the front man. He doesn't sing very well, but he's a front man. He has a good time. Steve plays the piano. And he's playing a vastly different genre than anybody else. But the whole time, he's a dorky little smile while he does it. And everybody else is like, dude, you're doing like swing right now. We're trying to play rock and roll. Uh Rody plays bass. He wears a fedora while he does it. Uh, <laughs> Natasha is lead guitar. Banner plays the synthesizer. Uh, Sam plays backup guitar. And then Thor plays some weird, like, maraca-like instrument from Asgard that nobody else knows what it is, but he's super into it. Yeah, Thor's, like, completely tone deaf, and they just turn his volume all the way down. <laughs> exactly. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got to be good at the drums. Like, I think that that seems to um, transfer pretty well with his yeah, accuracy. He's so accuracy. accurate. How is he going to miss, right? <laughs> I don't think that's really an issue with the drummers is missing the drums. That's the first thing you got to learn when, when learning how to play the drums, how to not miss. I imagine him like throwing the drumsticks. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't like, see he's an me, entire but... He's an entire drum room. <laughs> yeah. The sticks at the walls. Yeah. He's just throwing like bean bags at drums and making music. That's a good one. And yeah, the answer is yes, for sure. Maybe he just uses them to kill people though. Drumsticks. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eternals Award for could this have been a limited series? This is a quick answer. No, it's just too important to not be a blockbuster, right? I'm going to talk about this and missed opportunities more, but there should have been many series before and after, like one season uh winter soldier mm-hmm. to ultron season two ultron to civil war um i'm gonna leave that to talk more about in missed opportunities but short answer no it's just too important honestly yeah um so it's like the same reason that you couldn't make um as soon as um thanos got the infinity stones you couldn't make that a miniseries like the stakes became too high because he wanted to destroy everything um so it's like yeah you gotta gotta deal with that quickly you can't yeah, i mean draw that frankly, out the mcu is built around the avengers everything builds up to those so none of the avengers are gonna mm-hmm. win the eternals award sorry i this is definitely a movie though so yeah it cannot be a miniseries this is definitely a movie that 
would make an awesome video game. Oh, there's just so much action in different, um, different like settings, yeah. locales, whatever. Like the first Avengers, I don't think it necessarily would be an awesome video game because there's really only a couple of fights and they're all quick until the end. But this yeah. one, there's constant action throughout. Um, yeah, and everybody has different roles in the final battle, which was kind yeah. of cool. Yeah. Have we done the Taika Waititi Award for Funniest Mo- Moment? We have not, and there's a couple. All right. The Joss yeah. Whedon Award, honestly. Let's. It should be the Joss Whedon Award. Uh, although I think that it's better in Ragnarok than this. The humor. It's better but... in Ragnarok, but then after his latest movie, I think he's. Uh, <laughs> I think we're taking a side of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there's a lot of humorous parts in this movie. Like I said, it has a comic book feel. Um, yeah even more than Avengers Avengers was kind of the same way where you just get these like Spider-Man like quips in there but yeah that's uh, the big the, the the quips that's what separates I mean I I think I don't want to mis- misspeak but I think Whedon's the only one who wrote a comic and then wrote an MCU movie and he just nailed the tone he's got all these little quips and the like you know mildly inspiring mildly funny just a lot of cheesy but it's not misplaced yeah. so it's fine you know yeah yeah, for sure. I think that it becomes it's more difficult for that to translate into a movie than it is for like a comic or a cartoon or even a series uh, yeah. in some ways. Anyway, uh, my favorite part was at the very beginning uh, where uh, what Baron Strucker is like, no surrender. And then then everybody goes off and runs and goes to kill people. And then he's like, I'm going to surrender. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah that was that a part great part yeah do you have any more because i've got like five and i don't want to knock out one of yours if you have any no i just put that one but there are All a right. lot of moments a lot of moments uh obviously language <laughs> that whole bit is a classic the first time it was funny and then continued on because when he first said language like you don't really think about it it's like okay it's got and then Tony's like, are we not going to mention this? And then, and then the viewer, too, is like, yeah, that was funny, right? And then they keep talking about it again and again. Um, this, okay, the, the the boom, you looking for this, that whole, um, there's just a couple <laughs> lines about that. But more so than that, Rhodey's, his, his, his face of, like, contentedness, after all the non-Avengers, like, reacted to his story, we just like, yeah, I am. I am good, right? That was so well done. Ultron accidentally chopping off Claw's arm. That was really, really <laughs> funny to me. It was just such great timing because it was mildly mm-hmm. terrifying, like before and after. But then he, in the middle, he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sure that'll be okay. Like, he's just genuinely <laughs> apologetic. It's just like, it's going to be okay. He's going to grow back, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> and then two more Caps fighting Ultron. And uh, Clint says, you're not a match for him. Thanks, Barton. <laughs> because <laughs> once again when he first says that it's like yeah you're not man it's a serious moment and then it's just thanks man appreciate it <laughs> and the, this one is super dumb but i think it's my favorite so i saved it for last nat's driving her bike through traffic to catch up to ultron and cap and then she yells beep beep <laughs> <laughs> i missed that it's just it That's was so funny. small but I, I usually pick those kind of moments for my the funniest moment where it's like after so many times viewing something you don't really notice, but it's 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 there. I think mm-hmm. I think that one's my favorite. And then hide the zucchini. That's up there. So. I think that is partially a detriment to this movie is they tried to fit in so many lines and they tried to it's like 
they just couldn't cut anything oh i i firmly disagree i think there were a lot of lines and i think in a different i I just think it was done well enough that it wasn't a detriment i think it could have been in the same boat as love and thunder where they're trying too hard to be funny and Mm -hmm. trying to fit every joke that they write in and i think that i i don't think any of the serious moments are undercut by the um by humor right like yeah i mean if there were a funny moment in Hawkeye's speech, that would have ruined that speech. If there were a funny moment um, when Ultron attacked the, the first time at the party, I think that would have undercut it really badly. And I think that's something that uh, Love and Thunder did was undercutting those really serious moments. But I think all the in-between, it's it's constantly humored, which is why this movie is so fun, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't overlap the humor in the, in the ultra serious moments. Of course, there are some serious moments, like I just said, with the Ultron cap fight where it's like semi-serious, but it's, the stakes mm-hmm. are still kind of low. So it's not a huge deal. So they're allowed to throw some jokes in there. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think it necessarily undercuts the like seriousness of the movie. Um, I think it's more to me, kind of just the general pacing of the movie. I thought the movie felt kind of long. And I think part of that was they were just trying to do fit too much in general into this movie. Yeah. And maybe that's that's more kind of more about how many storylines they tried to do more than how many humorous lines they tried to get in. Maybe. I think that this movie had a pretty fast pace just because there were I think the fight scenes more than anything made it speed up really well Um, and made it not feel as long like Avengers. It, it, it did a really good job of that too because every kind of in a different way so i don't know even know that's worth, worth mentioning but avengers like the plot continued the whole time there were no like offshoots you know it was just one continuous story uh, whereas this mm-hmm. one kind of shoots off a lot but because there's so much action it makes it speed up a little bit quicker at least yep. IMO. there is one slow part that kind of drags out but i'll talk about that in a second um you know let's talk about that now do you have anything else for a uh, funniest moment all right, let's go cheesiest fight scene slash best fight scene. Let's go. I'm going to start with the the cheesiest fight scenes. I didn't really like any of the Ultron versus Iron Man fights. Um, I don't think they're that fun. It's just something you got to see plot wise, but it's just mm-hmm. two similar styles duking it out thoughtlessly. It's just not very fun. And Iron Man peaks when he's using his brain more than just his powers. Um, Ultron in general didn't really he, he didn't really look good, honestly, which it's a shame because Spader was so good. Um, and then the Cap Ultron fight was kind of weird too. It gave vibes of Obi Wan trying to kick General Grievous in the shin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what you're trying to yeah. choke out a robot, bud? What are you doing? Yeah, I've um, got that in the nitpicking part. Okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and then the biggest one, I I think the Hulk busting scene. It it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was fun, but it dragged out so long. It wasn't really cheesy. Just like it, it just dragged out. Also. This is kind of a nitpick, but why did they have to do it in the city? Why didn't he just like grab him, fly him out a little further, toss him in the ocean, something like that? Mm. Um, but in general, I think that was the one piece where I was like, this is okay, let's, let's wrap it up. We got it. Yeah, cheesiest. I also put the Hulkbuster. Um, I think that the Hulkbuster uh, whole thing was clearly so that they could sell um, toys. I think I think that's probably true, and I think that's why they do a lot of action scenes, honestly. But I, I do think it was really important to have that because it, mm-hmm. it, that's the reason Hulk destroying a city is the reason they went into hiding, and that leads more into Civil War, which is part of the Age of Ultron award I'm going to give out in a second here. So I do think that was an important part to, to put in, but the fact that it was so long and you needed so much, 
like they changed locations like seven times just in that one fight it could have you could have dropped yeah. one of those and it would have been would have been better yeah yeah it was it was pretty long um i think in general there's a lot of robots fighting robots and cyborgs fighting robots and robots fighting cyborgs so like i think that when you have cgi action like i've mentioned this before i i love when they have hand-to-hand combat in mm-hmm. movies way more i think I it, love cgi it has... action when it's a, like like thor against henchmen you know i love that yeah. stuff. when it's two cgi yeah. like a cgi um big bad guy um yeah like a, like a boss versus a cgi superhero yeah. it's just not very you know yeah, so I think that the the whole like fighting robots and fighting like these cyborgs um has like a high floor but a low ceiling. Like it's not like it's never really jaw dropping at this point. Like when when CGI movies were became really big, like it was like, whoa, look at that. But now it's like everybody's used to it and so it's like not quite as exciting. And there's not a point where you're like you're like, dang, look at that like fight uh choreography. With that, like I think that they're good and they're fun, just not like it makes it so that nothing really sticks out a whole bunch um in those kinds of fights. Uh but yeah, the Hulkbuster was the cheesiest. That's actually a fair point. I don't like I say this movie might be the best action just because it is so fun and it is very video gamey. Um, and it is just top to bottom action and none of the fight scenes are bad but like is there one that is just like jaw dropping like either based on choreography like uh winter soldier was really good because the fight scene choreography was so perfect and whoever choreographed those needed like a huge raise infinity war was really good just because there were so many epic fight scenes this one i don't think there was any necessarily jaw dropping great fight scene Mm -hmm. now that i'm just thinking about that it, it, it was a really just top to bottom good good fight scenes though the opening fight i really really liked it was just so cool it's really the only look that we have at the avengers fighting bad guys in a lighthearted way mm-hmm. and that, that's fun right like i like seeing fight scenes lightheartedly can you name another one like anytime the avengers are all fighting together it's stakes are high right yeah but not re- yeah because this really ends the that stage for the avengers right like and most of that is like off screen, like yeah. the Avengers going in and just beating up people where like it's clear that they're going to win. Everybody knows that they're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like doing their thing. Yeah. You still have Avengers once you get into Civil War, but it's a definitely a, obviously a different lineup. Mm-hmm. And then the one fighting you see of them is at the beginning and uh, is it Lagos or whatever? And um, mm-hmm. it's it, it's not the same level. Right. Um, so I. I I think that's my award for best fight scene, just because honestly, the it visually it was well, okay. I'm gonna talk about how it looked visually in a second here. But uh just in terms of how it like looking cool, it looked really cool, but also just what it meant. I, I like mm-hmm. that one a lot. Yeah, I really like that one. Um to me it's between that and when Ultron first comes onto the scene. Um oh you disagree? No, that, that was that, that was a okay. nod. That was that was a good that, I <laughs> okay. about that one. It wasn't yeah. the stakes weren't as high, but it was um I'll let, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so it's it's kind of fun. Like even starting with the uh the AI battle between Jarvis and, and Ultron. I thought that was uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean how AI works, just two floating that's... electric <laughs> minds zapping each other. Is that how that fight would actually go? That's that's definitely not how it works. It's it's funny how they're like show the screen and oh 
that's Jarvis. <laughs> that's not how AI works. But anyway, <laughs> look, this AI is clearly better because it's bigger. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it was kind of cool, like just to see him like zapping him. Um, anyway, yeah. I that's mean, not, you that's not... do too, you can't really just like you can't yeah. show it visually, so you gotta. So yeah. I, I'm not like I, I I'm not like saying it was it shouldn't have been there or something. It was just funny. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, my favorite part was just like how they switched from like so quickly from party mode to like we got to fight these bad guys and they're like yeah uh, helping. That's my each favorite other part of the movie that they that they show that they don't ever show that again. The the growing down combined with the fighting, you never mm-hmm. see that again. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. I don't even think it was necessarily because it was a great like fighting. It was just a great scene. Yeah, there's a lot of little cool things. Like once again, Hawkeye throwing Cap's shield. I love that inclusion, and I think that made the fight a thousand times cooler. Let's do the Age of Ultron award for this was way cooler after seeing the next five movies. All right, buckle down. It's gonna be a long one. <laughs> this is a lot. Yeah, I mean, I basically put like everything yeah um, but then all like, caps at the top of my list all of it this this whole movie like it's so funny because like i think it was a pretty pretty decent disappointment when it came out and um not that it's really a bad movie it's just that like the expectation for avengers movies was set so high with the first avengers and then with the next ones too but so many things um you know the infinity stones this is really where we're really starting to see that uh um these are going to be a big deal um i think each of those visions is really interesting because they're kind of like broken mirrors of what actually does end up happening yeah Um, that's the biggest thing like they're they see those the the visions and they're scared of making that true and then all of them did come true for black widow is you know a, a past vision so it's different but they all yeah. did come the, true just yeah. in a better happier way you know and that's kind of like i don't know a nice little um dip into into fate like you can't really avoid your fate you can just make it a little bit better sure those are those are some good pieces but it's like everything vision in general wanda like becomes i don't know more interesting i think when we after we get to explore the scarlet witch more in wandavision more yeah um so yeah basically everything what did you put uh i'm gonna go i said everything too but i'm gonna go through each one uh this one is a newer one so it's a little bit different but wanda's witchiness especially when she attacks cap and she does like the you know the quick movements backwards Uh, it's really fun to watch after dr strange because she wasn't really a a witch in any other movie right obviously tony's vision huge you see his friends dead and just the way he's sitting it's the same vibes as uh, like just facially when you when you look at him it's the same vibes as when you see peter parker's dust like thrown through his fingers and you see the 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 broken shield too that it breaks Mm -hmm. in the final battle and once again it's you see the broken shield in this and you're like okay it's over Whereas you see the broken shield in Endgame, and it's like, okay, we can we keep going. Come on, I can do this all day. Uh, there was a mention of Wakanda, and it was more than a mention; it was actually an introduction mm-hmm. that brought in really well. Uh, Thor and his little water vision—he shows that he can control lightning without the hammer, proving that he is the god of lightning that you see in in Ragnarok. 
Yeah, the Wakanda one is one I forgot to put, but I was thinking of. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, in Endgame, he says, I told you we needed a suit of armor around the world. And if Cap listened to Tony, or if, if not necessarily if you listen to Tony, but if it worked out, Ultron and if bots would have stopped Thanos and Wakanda immediately. Just so many little little pieces, little throwaway lines that we didn't really seem necessary, especially after Ragnarok and Infinity War and then eventually ultimately in Endgame this movie rose like eight spots in my rankings just because of later movies and how it predicted set them up whatever mm-hmm. there's the little line of him saying to helen cho how him getting rid of the suits that's that's the plan you know there are even some parts that get better like upon second viewing which is mm-hmm. a little bit different from what this award is but it's fine like did you actually when you first saw this movie did you catch the veronica reference or like understand what that meant or remember it because i didn't yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's talking about um, he's talking to Banner about how he's worried that Veronica is around the corner every time. And then later he says yeah. Veronica. The first time I never put those two pieces together. I just didn't even remember the first line. But then eventually, obviously, you do. But yeah. the only one that really matters, Tony points to the sky and says, that's the end game. How are we going to stop that? Steve says, together. Tony says, we'll lose. Tony says, we'll do that together, too. And then in, in this movie that's inspiring and we're team cap on that, right? Because we're, we're buddies. We'll do that together. And then Stark retells that story almost word for word in Endgame, But mm-hmm. it's, it just totally ch- changes the perceived tone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You said we, I said, we'd lose. You said, we'll do that together. Well, guess what, Cap? We lost and you weren't there. I'm going to chill. Yeah. Man. But whose fault was that, Tony? Whose fault was that, Steve? Oh, <laughs> are you on team? Are you on Team Captain America or Team Iron Man? You know, I'm Team Captain America. All right. You need to... to, Are you doing Civil War with Ricky? Yep. What's his stance on that? He's a strong Team Cap. Okay, good. Good. So, so many, so many good things um, that you see came out of this movie. And again, it really shows why mcu is different than any other like um movie franchise because they really care about continuity and telling the story as a big picture mm-hmm. like you see like dc is like the perfect example of what not to do because they just they change it so quickly and it's like they fire people and then they're like oh we're gonna start over their MCU- problem is they give up after bad movies and try yeah. to the direction and yeah. if i mean this movie, it made a lot of money, so I guess there's no way they would have done that after Ultron. But if they, like, oh, you know, people don't react to this very well, we should kind of change the direction a little bit. That would have been disastrous, yeah. and this movie wouldn't have been, like, I think it's, at least in my mind, yeah. kind of revered now because it yeah. predicted and this, projected so much. This is uh, this timeline of when these movies came out is kind of um, a few, like, kind of so-so movies. And it could have been really easy for them to go in a different direction. But they kind of stayed the course and um, it really worked out, especially when you come back and rewatch this movie. Yep. Um, the the last one that that I think um, was really nice is when they're on the farm and Tony's like, oh, you know, maybe I should do this. Start a start a family and and uh, buy a big farm and hopefully nobody blows it up. I thought that was sweet. I am didn't write that down that one is perfect because that's exactly what he does that's amazing 
Um, and Cap kind of has a line there too, where he's talking about like, I, I can't have this, you know? And he does get it, but he can't have it in this, in this timeline, in this reality. So he goes back and that's, that's a nice little part too. That's good. That's a good mm-hmm. point. Um, but w- what you were saying though, I'm afraid that's what they're going to do with phase four, that they're going to change or post phase four, that they're going to change their direction. Um, Cause they've actually talked about, they've announced that they're going to go for uh, quantity or I'm sorry, quality over quantity going forward after the poor reaction to phase four, which like on the surface, that's good. <laughs> the problem yeah. is they're trying to pump out too much and that's what everybody's worried about. And that's exactly what's happening. But I'm afraid that they're going to change their direction but let's hope they don't yeah yeah i don't think so like because i don't know maybe i have too much faith in them but i think even in this phase like they just some of the movies are just fillers and that's okay like i think that they're okay with not everything being an endgame style movie and us as movie watchers have to be okay with that too like it's telling a larger story it's kind of like when you have episodes, like you almost have to think of this as like a series, like a TV series where some episodes yeah. aren't bangers, but they're all kind of going in a direction. And frankly, too, like it was they ended like a season finale is always going to be better than, you know, midseason. So, you know, Endgame, Infinity War, that was the season finale. Ragnarok's building up to the season finale. And then like um, we'll call um, Far From Home, like the season premiere. Right. And then. Mm hmm that chunk of movies, that chunk of episodes is always going to be really good. And in the middle episodes, you're going to kind of take a dip and they're going to seem worse just because they were preceded by so many good movies. And that's, that's fine. I, I, I just think pumping out too many too quickly is, is the issue, especially yeah. like you're talking about four movies a year. It's only one up from three movies that they were doing previously, but then when you're yeah. also throwing out, you know, four shows a year, it's just, yeah. But it's also like, just I'll watch them no matter what. So just keep making movies. <laughs> like, part yeah. of me is like, yeah, I love the huge, great movies, but I'm going to watch all your movies anyway. And they yeah. know that. They know that. Uh, you picked that one, right? I'm going to go with the, um, let's go with Captain Marvel Award. Character that inexplicably didn't help save the world. Falcon and Rhodey mm. were both at the party. And they were Avengers by the end of the movie. But during most of the fights, they were not there. Yeah. Like, Rhodey popped in for part of the final fight. Um, Falcon wasn't there at all. What were they doing? <laughs> What's more important than this? Yeah. But Falcon and Rhodey are like, they they win the award for the most pointless Avengers, too. Like, they're literally backup quarterbacks. They're They're the worst versions of other superheroes yeah so. i i think that changes for roadie by you know falcon or yeah falcon winter soldier falcon. just because you know it, it's like if he's if he's a backup quarterback the the starting quarterback retired and he took the job and he, he's doing a good job yeah. but when you got you know i was about to get really deep into that metaphor but i'm just gonna stop it there like yeah he, <laughs> at, at this point he's like how much are you doing especially roadie Cool. I'm glad you didn't put the same person as me. Who'd you put? I put the Black Panther slash Wakanda. Oh, okay. So, like, this all happens from stolen vibranium. They even talk about how he was branded a thief. But it's like, okay, but he still got the vibranium and that you didn't do anything about it. And it really shows, like, 
this kind of leads up to Black Panther in that they are so non-interventionist that they cause this essentially and yeah. we don't we don't really know much about Wakanda yet we we don't really know that like they have the technology but I feel like they could have taken out Ultron very easily with the amount of vibranium that they had yeah in the technology remember too though this is before T'Challa this is when T'Chaka still in reign yeah um, exactly now T'Challa still a Black Panther but he's still under the 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 orders of his father and his father didn't want to intervene in, in the real world so yeah yeah, um, I don't. I, think, I don't know if they ever really mentioned that though. I don't know if they ever were like, "Hey, where the heck were you?" When like, you know, Wakanda starts to come out. Yeah, I know that that's one of those like, the character is not introduced yet, so looking mm-hmm. back, it doesn't make sense. It's the same thing with Captain Marvel, who, by the way, she could win this award too. I didn't do it just because she's already won so many awards. It's like yeah. when LeBron had you know four mvps and it's like he should probably win mvp but we're not gonna do him anymore same thing with captain yeah. marvel like she was like fury was in a pinch in this one he probably even more so than in avengers because he didn't have any of his technology he should have called yeah it. i don't know how he already won this can, 10 times so how fast can captain marvel fly i don't know if she could have gotten here fast enough this this all happened pretty quickly that's fair it did take her a little bit to get back in uh in end game so missed opportunities all right um, so I think one missed opportunity is the uh, trying to inject this Hulk and Natasha romance rather than letting it uh, happen over a couple of movies. Um, or just not having it happen at all, but whatever. Or don't have it happen at, at all. And I don't really mind it happening. Um, I think like some of the moments, especially at the end where she's like, I adore you and then throws them off like. I think it's kind of interesting, but I think it comes out of nowhere. So that was a missed opportunity. Like they could have done that better. Yeah. Or like I said before, there's a lot of storylines in this movie that could have been one that could have been cut out. I think yeah. um, they, they, they even kind of mentioned that, like when everybody's like, Hey, did you know about uh, uh, the Hulk and black widow? And they're like, what? <laughs> it's kind of like what, what the audience was doing too. It's like, yeah, wait what and then uh missed opportunity this one like there's an obvious reason for it um but it's too bad that there are real world issues that prevented any sort of x-men call outs from Mm -hmm. being in this and to make them mutants and it looks like they're gonna be at some point like saying oh yeah they're mutants but uh it would have been interesting to have that in here Although that could have also been way too much of a storyline for one movie. I liked it as it was because they were like, you just know them as as teens who, you know, survived, whatever. And then by WandaVision, you know that they survived because they were special. And then eventually they announced that it's it's mutants. Mm-hmm. I got a couple of missed opportunities. I think killing Pietro could be considered a missed opportunity. They were due a dead superhero and he was the only choice. Um, so I think that's fine um yeah but the fact that this is the only movie with the original six avengers together for the duration of the film i i think that's a huge missed opportunity i just desperately crave like an eight episode miniseries i said this before but between winter soldier and ultron um of the six avengers doing avenger-based stuff and then between ultron and civil war with the new avengers just no 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 plot no overarching bad guys just like an anthology mm-hmm. series of their adventures i would love that and yeah 
in this in 2015 that wouldn't have happened in 2022 it might have you know this would have been the time frame where it would have been really cool to have uh, a Hugh Jackman Wolverine enter the Avengers world. Yeah. And now he's going to be in the MCU, but yeah. his body's going to be all CGI, which will be interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see if it's going to be, if he's going to be a huge plot point in Secret War or if it's just going to be, because um, he's announced for Deadpool and that's that's what he's confirmed for. If it's just going to be some sort of like jokey thing, whatever. Yeah, but like part of me was like, man, Marvel, you have so much money. You should have just paid a bunch of money <laughs> to to get the X-Men rights sooner. But well, at this point uh, though, this was post this was right after um Days of Future Past, probably the best X-Men movie at all. There was no way yeah. that they were gonna get that deal <laughs> at the same price that they got after um yeah. Yeah, what was it called? Um, was it just Phoenix? Uh, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, yeah. I didn't even see that movie, yeah. so I don't care. Um, yeah. X-Men. I mean, after a couple of bad X-Men movies, they were able to get it for... <laughs> they are like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're done. Just come on, we're done. Yeah. X-Men is another example of movies, movie franchises that mess things up because they were too afraid to lean into movies that were not well-received. Yeah. Like they just kept changing things and it was confusing. again and again. All right. Uh, what age is the best and worst um, on the, on the PC? This isn't normally a PC toward sort of what ages poorly. It's more of a, what ages uh, plot wise poorly. Uh, but on the PC side, I'm going to throw this out there. Start talking about Prima Nocta. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good that RDJ didn't have a, uh, a sex scandal. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Wanda's accent ages really, really poorly. It's just a bizarre accent that doesn't really sound like anything. It sounds like me when I make fun of my my friends from Kazakhstan. But they, they kind of slowly phase it out into like a way more subtle accent. And then they even comment on her lack of accent in WandaVision. Well, they should have either just given her way better training <laughs> on a good accent. Same thing with Pietro. I think he was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Or just given her a way more subtle accent. The kind of accent she had by Endgame, you know? what else ages poorly joss whedon uh for for the the kind of uh harassment stuff and also just like i think 2012 he had was very highly regarded i think between this and like this not a bad movie it just didn't meet expectations and then kind of did the same thing with justice league when he came i don't think he really got bashed necessarily for this because i think and his job in the movie, I think he did his job well. I think Marvel took a bigger hit than Whedon did, but then he definitely got bashed, rightfully so, for Justice League, even though you should probably put him more on DC for hiring him in the first place. Like, you're taking Zack yeah. Snyder and try to replace him with Joss Whedon. It, it yeah. You know that, that meme they have of, like, um, it's it's from the new, it's from Wednesday, or I don't know, I haven't seen the show, but it's Wednesday Adams next to some happy girl, and it's like, angry. <laughs> That's uh, Zack Snyder. Happy. That's Joss Whedon. And he's trying to flip those two, you know? What? That doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I I enjoy this movie. I think that if they had, like, him as a writer and someone else as a director, I think this would have been a great movie. Yeah, that's better. that's the tough part when getting... He's not necessarily an auteur, but kind of in, in, that, in that near auteur zone. Like, 
the Russos are not writers. They shouldn't have written movies. The McFeely and uh, Marcus, Marcus and McFeely, they should not have been directing, but they were great writers. And then you have a guy mm-hmm. who is used to doing both. It'd be hard to just have him do one, you know? Yeah. But it's such a big project, you know, like I think all Marvel movies should have like multiple directors and multiple writers because it's just maybe not multiple directors, but like it's it's so huge. You need like a big team to to make it really work well. That's fair. Uh, what age is well? I'm, I, I mean, we already mentioned a lot of the callbacks. So it's just naturally age well, mm-hmm. the uh, age of Ultron award section. But I think what ages the best is the relationship between the characters, between the Avengers, even with Fury thrown on there. He says he's a guy who cares about Stark very, very much. It's not really shown much before or in only kind of passingly since, but they're like genuine buddies. They party together. They engage in revels when the victory has been had. And I think that's my favorite part of this movie. Um, That's why I I really, really like this movie is because of those relationships that you see and you just don't get them later, you know? Mm-hmm. It just it, 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 that you could call that a missed opportunity too like stuff like the the relationship between barton and wanda was developed so well in this movie and then it touched upon again in civil war why didn't he check in on her between endgame and wandavision like that should have been included honestly yeah i had i had a similar thing and i didn't really think about it it's really for everybody how that those relationships kind of evolve and grow and I, I put the relationship with um, Nat and Cap as kind of the leaders of the Avengers. Yeah. Um, that's kind of it, where it goes into after uh, Infinity War. Um, so it's it's kind of like that ages pretty well. Yeah, especially if you tie that with the relationship in Winter Soldier where there wasn't trust and she was just, you know, yeah, whatever compared to where yeah. they were here compared to where they are so yeah infinity war and, and it, it's just it's so well done yeah and it's really about their growth like natasha made this kind of um decision that like it's not gonna work out with hulk like they had their chance to get away and and she turned him in the hulk and after that he flies away so like that was kind of her decision really cap is kind of accepted that like that thing that he had this vision of is not going to happen and we know that it does happen but like they both kind of accept who they are and um that kind of leads us into like these people that end up being what leads to their redemption okay let's do poorly aged cgi um so i don't i don't really think like we're at the point here now and i said this about the previous movie that we did together but we're at the point where the cgi is never really going to be bad again um but so this isn't on the cgi this is just on the actual artwork of what's rendered ultron is weird and he looks weird and i think that was kind of intentional but it's just like strange it's just two humans the uncanny valley like yeah he he didn't need a mouth I, so like i don't think that's a cgi problem i think that's a artistic direction problem yeah i think that's um, it i didn't put that one down just because i thought it was a specific choice i didn't like it wasn't necessarily yeah. cgi yeah but like the budgets are so big on these and and really like i think when we're talking about cgi like there's a lot of innovation that happened i think the biggest thing is just how much 
companies like Marvel spend on CGI now, um, where it just it looks really good. I, I think I I talked about this before, but post Avatar, the technology's there, and it proved that the technology's there if they're willing to spend the money on it. Like we watched John Carter the other day. John Carter looks really really good because the budget was so high. And mm-hmm. I mean, they shouldn't have spent that much money on the movie. And that's why it's the, the biggest box office office flop of all time. But it looked really, really good in 2012, even. Um, yeah. Despite John Carter. A decent movie. It's a fun movie. We should do like a podcast about John Carter because it's I, so interesting. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's so much cool history behind that movie, too. It was in product or in a production development hell for 79 years. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah. But in this movie, the intro fight scene, I loved it. It was so fun. It looked so freaking bad. Like it's it's indiscernible mm. from like an Ultimate Alliance cutscene. Like I I don't even remember it being this bad. It probably looked good in 2015, but by now it doesn't look good. Um, it it, it's just, it was really really bad. I don't even have more yeah. to say. It looked like a cutscene from a video game. I'll have to to go back and look at that. Video games are so it's probably You probably though. didn't notice it because it looked so good when we first saw it. And that's like the definition of poorly used CGI. There's a lot of stuff like that in Avengers too, where it was like this mind-blowing, awesome CGI experience. And then you see the floating head of Tony Stark above the rendered <laughs> Iron Man suit. Yeah. It's so funny because we talk about how much movies spend on CGI, but like video games are not necessarily games like Ultimate Alliance, which came out in oh, the first one was what, like 2006. Yeah um but like video games now like they spend so much ridiculous amount of money and they reuse the model so much that they look crazy good yeah (laughs) and so like it's it's a weird place that we're in where like the budget for video games is probably just as high as for a blockbuster movie yeah the issue though how much it is the issue like if they if each like i mean if a video game spends 100 million on rendering cgi their budget might be 110 million, right? Because that's all they have to spend money on versus a, yeah. a, a movie that's like a third of the budget. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go Infinity Saga Award for the most frustrating MacGuffin. Uh, the Scepter, that was one of the most frustrating, honestly, in, in the franchise. Like, it, it was a thing we thought was done and then they bring it back and then they don't really use it as mm-hmm. a main plot. And then it turns out there's an Infinity Stone in there. Like, it was just a classic classic phase two MacGuffin and because it became so important and because there was an infinity stone in there it like I guess it's by default supposed to be not frustrating but yeah. they just you know threw it away as nothing and they're chasing for it, it's just there's it was frustrating to me yeah it's necessary so it's fine the scepter is definitely a hugely frustrating MacGuffin for the reasons that you said it's like it's a MacGuffin for other MacGuffins like it yeah, it it's this MacGuffin that is a housing for the Infinity Stone, which we said like is a MacGuffin, but it's not really necessarily frustrating because that's the point of the series, the saga. Um, so yeah, that for sure. And I think most of the time you're like, okay, like they're talking about retrieving the scepter at the beginning of the movie, but you're like, okay, I didn't even remember anything about the scepter like i didn't remember that we had to go get it <laughs> yeah it was just some um, weapon that loki used we, we didn't care about it yeah and then yeah. that's another thing that ages well though is because of endgame we know how they got the scepter yada yada but that's it's fine yeah the vibranium was also a bit of a macguffin here 
interesting. You know, like there's there's kind of like a whole little thing around kind of getting the vibranium and um how like it was kind of important for this creating this Ultron housing. I mean, they made it part of the story, but it definitely felt like this was just a way for us to introduce the fact that Wakanda is still around and the fact that Black Panther is uh coming in the future. So Yeah. Hmm. That's a that's a fair one. I I don't think it was the most like incredibly frustrating or anything, but it is like looking back and you can Yeah. Yeah. I mean so yeah. The MCU is full of MacGuffins just because based of the nature of like how they massive universe do this. Yeah. But yeah, the scepter is probably one of the few that's truly frustrating and truly like, well, that was dumb. All right. You're up. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's pick some nits. Do it. Uh, um <laughs> so the accents throughout the movie for a lot of different things is is uh kind of a nit. You talked about Wanda. I think Friday too. Like when Friday when they first look boot up Friday, you don't really notice she has an accent. And then all of a sudden it's like the characters like <laughs> mix it in accents and it's uh just like an Irish accent, um probably. Yeah. <laughs> or Scottish maybe. I don't know. Not good with accents, but then just like it's global extinction. <laughs> and that that one line, it was just like, whoa, where'd this accent come from? <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know if this is necessarily a knit, it's just kind of weird. Uh Hawkeye jokes about like killing Quicksilver, and then t- 10 seconds later, Quicksilver gets shot, and then 10 minutes later, he's dead. <laughs> it's just kind of funny that he's like, no one will know it's me. Uh <laughs> It's like it's, it's not even nobody overheard him say that because there would have been yeah. a lot of finger pointing at him. <laughs> if, yeah. if I mean, his... those two emerge in like you know, Hawkeye's carrying Pietro's corpse and he's like, oh, man, <laughs> by the robots. I thought like, we just heard you say, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, his comms are always on, right? Like, aren't they yeah. always communicating? <laughs> That's <fun>. That's true. <laughs> Did anybody even see him get shot? Like maybe I think it was like right a... in front of the uh, the big boat, the uh, the okay. boat. So I, maybe... I think people, I think there were witnesses. <laughs> maybe maybe this is an unreliable narrator, and <laughs> Hawk- Hawkeye actually did kill him. <laughs> he just told the story as if he got shot by a bunch of robots. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but he, oh, yeah, he, gets, he he's got like a like arrow arrow wounds and he's like the robot it, it took my it took my bow and arrow you gotta believe me guys they, they, they shot him with my arrows they're they're framing me <laughs> so okay anyway i i got some more i got there's actually a lot of nits here um so they mentioned that the altitude is eighteen thousand um kilometers or eighteen thousand feet uh not kilometers um <laughs> Everybody would be unconscious at that altitude. Uh, Eleven thousand is where you like go unconscious due to the oxygen, lack of oxygen. So like everybody, You're like feet, eighteen thousand feet. Uh, do they say meters? Meters. I think they said meters. Okay, if they say meters, that's because eighteen thousand feet. That's like half the. Yeah, um, I said feet. I meant meters. Numbers. I'm pretty sure they said meters. 
Yeah, because 18,000 feet wouldn't be high enough to destroy the planet, right? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I'm well, so bad at estimating. It's like it's a city. So estimating distances, <laughs> like I don't know. I, I, I feel like if you like, hey, that's like eight feet away. You know, I don't know how far yeah. that. It's. I feel like if you dropped a city from like a hundred meters, it would probably kill a lot of people. Still. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't really know anything about that. But I I do know that they should be unconscious, and especially uh, Natasha and um, Clint. Yeah. Like I don't know if Captain America can survive without oxygen or something. But uh, Cap punches a lot of metal. Punches so much that... metal in this movie. <laughs> I know that he's superhuman, but one that's got to hurt. Two, I don't think it's doing a whole lot. So just stop punching the metal. Punching the metal is one thing. Trying to choke a robot. <laughs> like, jab out, jab out. The robot, I can still breathe, bro. You're not doing anything. I don't need air. What are you doing here? You know, block the I mean, electrical current to my 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 brain. He's he's still adjusting to the modern world. Yeah. He doesn't even know what a robot is. Like this is a <laughs> this human has hard skin, wearing some sort of exoskeleton. <laughs> that would be hilarious if throughout the movie, like Captain America just thinks it's like a person inside. Of... I was thinking about that too. <laughs> what if like, talking about how Jarvis is dead? He's like, "Oh, Tony, you want to have a funeral?" And Tony's like, "It's an AI, not real." He's like, "Jarvis, he, I, Jarvis, yeah, he's a person." I thought it was, that was just your your manservant. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, also, like the uh, artificial intelligence. As a uh, computer scientist, I can tell you, I don't think this is really how artificial intelligence works. What if it were <laughs> and, powered though by a magical sound from space? That's true, and you know, honestly, that's something that like. It could be easy to watch this movie and be like, "Oh, it's Tony's fault th- to that created this." But they they kind of did indicate that it was really the Mind Stone. It wasn't really anything that they did. AIs don't really like battle each other in in uh, the metaverse. I don't know how to real life AI it. robots don't fight. Yeah, I mean AI is real. Like well, it's not. I think I think it's made up. I think it's one of those things that we're just talking about trying to trick everybody else. AI is not real. There's no <laughs> robot brains out there. You guys are trying to trick us. Okay. I don't understand how we'll most see. things work. Like AI makes no sense to me. The way the internet works, I don't understand is, that at all. It it's crazy. There's so many like, things that like that's why I thought it was so stupid. I'm not, I'm gonna cut this part out too because I don't want to talk about polit- political stuff. But when people are like, I don't even understand what's in the vaccines. Like, I don't understand how gravity works. See, I'm still using it. What are you talking about, yeah. bro? It's so crazy when you talk about like AI. So AI is basically you create um you're basically simulating a brain. You create these neural networks that act like the neurons in a, a human mind. And so then they think like essentially like the like a human. So you feed them data and they just figure things out. Quantum computing is crazy if you think about it. Like the the whole idea is that like you know regular computers are zeros and ones and then quantum computing is like based on the probability of it could be one of a certain amount of things so it's like i don't know is this a zero or is it a one 
I don't know. It's like, how does this work? And then space, like everything with, to do with physics is like, this is science fiction. There's no way that this is real. Like, like dark matter, this thing that like we can't even, we don't even know what it is because it's just, we can't see it because it emits no light. And the fact that like time was invented. That's in why the it's beginning. called dark matter. It, that is exactly why it's called contributing dark this conversation i studied yeah. in college i spent years watching movies and talking about them <clears> so you're way above my pay grade right now yeah well i mean i just got this from an intro to astronomy but the the fact that like time itself was invented in the like became a thing it didn't exist before the big bang that's just crazy to me like time is just like matter it's weird anyway so we were talking about marvel my head <laughs> hurts girls, comics. I, I might i might keep that in but if i do <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna like slice it together so it sounds like you talk you know like in movies um <laughs> like where you have one guy that's like and the other guy's just talking and talking and talking about smart stuff and it's just like sliced together really quick. I might do that. <laughs> just just have me go really fast. Just like... <laughs> and now DJ I'll be talks about AI. <laughs> that was it. So, so yeah, there's my net. It's kind of... <laughs> it's a very uh, fictional depiction of artificial intelligence, which is a real thing. And they act like it's not a real thing. They're like, oh, you're going after artificial intelligence? It's like, yeah, he's a technologist uh everybody does artificial intelligence yeah i don't know freaks me out i don't want to be real um you got more nope all right i've got a lot actually for a movie i love there's a lot of it's easily there's a lot of good movies that you can pick apart really well like um saving private ryan love that movie you can rip that movie to shreds with with small knits um and this one is is no exception Black Widow's flirtation scene at the party, it was just really uncomfortable to watch. She was laying on really, really thick. I did not like that. The tone when Jarvis died was so sad. Why? It's a freaking AI system. They're at, like, like I was mm-hmm. making fun of, of, of Captain America for not knowing what it is and you know, whatever. But they did act like that. They acted like it was an actual person that died. You kind of mentioned this, but why do they use this? Why do people use this movie as a reason to call Stark like Ricky says, he's the biggest bad guy of the MCU. Like Banner did just as much as Stark did. Thor's his little his little swim retreat, his little spa retreat to figure out where the scepter um, that the scepter was an in Infinity Stone. I think that was done pretty lazily. I don't really like yeah. that. Like they 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 need to kind of include the point of this movie was ultimately that scene, um, showing what the Infinity Stones were and setting up future movies. Um, it was just done so lazily. I like, I, I we used to have a, an award called the best and worst of exposition scenes. Um, and I took it out cause um, I don't know. Um, but that is one of the worst exposition scenes I've seen in any movie. Especially yeah. One of the good movies. I feel like that scene either needed to happen completely off screen or be longer. This movie was really good for people that know the comic book, where they're going based on the comic books. Yeah. Really well. Um, I think especially if you're not like a comic comic book fan fan at all, like you'd be confused as like, okay, what is what does this all mean? Nat said she's as big a monster as Bruce because she can't have kids. <laughs> this is right after he leveled a freaking city. Uh, no, 
Um, and then last one, He's this green. one is very confusing to me. When they're at, um, I forget his wife's name, but when they're at Barton's house, Fury like tricks Stark into going into the into the barn by saying the tractor's broken so she can meet Fury. Why did he need to go through that whole ruse? Like, who is he hiding from? Like, is just, Fury just, I don't know, does he just not want to see everybody else? But then he does hang out there. Like, I, I, I do not understand that scene. Like, is he just such a spy? He needs to trick everybody yeah. at all times. <laughs> he just likes doing that. It's just practice for him. Yeah. He's like, I got to practice my dramatic walk. <laughs> I had a line that I wanted to say. And if I just walk <laughs> in, I can't say it. So, boom, boom, boom. Useless trivia. Uh, we didn't want Spider Man and Captain Marvel to be in the last scene, but because of rights issues with Spider Man still and just you know, timeline stuff, it wouldn't make sense for Captain Marvel. Aaron Taylor Johnson and uh, Elizabeth Olsen had worked together on Godzilla. Aaron Quicksilver, of course, he was scared to do an MCU movie and this big thing and be seen by this many people, uh, but he was okay to do it because he was with Elizabeth Olsen and they both kind of beefed up on their. Um, mcu on their marvel history especially about their own characters and they read into the series in which quicksilver and scarlet witch have a love interest which is super weird because they are brother and sister even in the comics um so they kind of portrayed it that way even too like they were just standing kind of uncomfortably close uh putting arms around each other (laughs) uh thanos was supposed to be in this movie according to uh feige and the big heads um he obviously had the small clip honestly that could be pick a nit at the end, Thanos says, I'll do it myself. Like, he had nothing really to do with the events of this movie, mm-hmm. so it's weird that he said that. Uh, but Whedon, Whedon kind of, he didn't overrule him because he's not, but he convinced Marvel uh, to to push off Thanos and only if Ultron have it be more grounded movie and build up more towards Thanos. Um, oh, last one. Quicksilver, yeah, so he was in 2014's X-Men movie, Days of Future Past, as a mutant. In this one, he is not an Avenger. Uh, Fox and Disney had an agreement where they could both use the characters um, as long as Fox didn't mention the Avengers and the MCU didn't mention mutants at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of interesting that they did it for kind of minor characters, at least in the perspective of the Avengers. Yeah, it was kind of interesting when they did the, the WandaVision uh evan peters i was so excited for that to be multiverse there were so many they put so many breadcrumbs toward the multiverse mm-hmm. before it actually became a thing i really liked that like the trailer for far from home we thought it was multiverse and then you know multiverse isn't real but then the next movie it was same thing mm-hmm. with uh with evan peters there and a couple others it's gonna be really interesting to see how they tie this all together because each time we see like Loki and uh, WandaVision and um, Far From Home, you're like, or in Doctor Strange and Ant-Man, like all of these things are like, oh, this is the thing that's going to bring the multiverse. And like they each kind of unlock a different thing. And sometimes it feels like they're contradicting each other a little bit. And it's going to be interesting to see like all of these things are going to be probably something that ends with this uh this whole saga yeah that's kind of an interesting point behind the entire thing like each multiversal movie it ends the multiverse and it's not like 
you know, it's not like the multiverse broke in that point. And that's kind of the cool part about Loki. Like Loki, you don't have to watch it. It's fine. It's like, it's enjoyable. It's good, but it's not necessarily important for the plot, but it does kind of describe that he, he will really silly broke the multiverse. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. why all these things keep happening at the same time. Otherwise it would just be like, it's a weird coincidence that two multiversal things happen back to back, you know? Mm -hmm. You got any useless trivia? Um, I don't have a whole lot. There was a small call out to poor Steve. You talked about this last time I was on, um, whether we were trying to figure out whether Steve was uh, rich because of all the back pay from from being in the ice or if he was really poor. Um, and there's a point where he says, um, uh, I don't think I can afford Brooklyn. And um, so like it's kind of calling out to in the comics, like there were kind of different takes on on his finances, but. Some of them, he was really poor. That it? That's all I got. All right. Can you skip it in your MCU rewatch? I say absolutely not. Uh, Plot-wise, you could probably get away with it. There's a lot of foreshadowing and stuff. But, I mean, if you just get into... Really? I'm going to say no, even with plot-wise, because um, just that line in in Avengers Endgame between Cap and and, and Tony, like, if you don't have this movie, there's... That doesn't make any sense. But really, the, the point of Ultron and the failure to build a suit of armor around the world, it, it's totally lost in Endgame if you don't have Ultron. Mm-hmm. Also, more importantly, I think, you don't see Tony and Cap along with the rest of them becoming buddies. I think that's something huge that you miss if you don't have this movie. It's so important for relationship building. Just even the small party scene, it did way more for inter-character development than the previous several movies combined. So I, I absolutely not you can now skip this movie and it's an Avengers movie. So that's probably the assumed answer. <laughs> yeah. This is a really interesting movie. I'm really not sure whether you can skip it or not, because I feel like you could skip it and still understand everything that goes on in the next movies. <clears throat> like, I, I think that you could get there. You'd be lost the at points, lines. but you understand the, the overarching purpose. Yeah. This movie, sometimes like you rewatch it and it feels like a prequel because yeah. it sets up a lot of things and it yeah. tells a lot of stories that become useful later on that you missed the first time you watched it. It's kind of the same with the dark world. And it's really interesting that the movies that are not as big or as popular are the movies that are most important for telling the story. And there's prop there might be a reason for that. And that reason might be because they, the movies were not as well received because they tried to fit so much story into it. Um, But this is definitely one that like, okay, maybe you could skip it, but don't because it's, it's pretty important, especially if you're a big fan of the comics and how it all plays together. Yeah. Now the big question, where does it rank? We got four levels, Pantheon, awesome, dig it and skippable. Uh, skippable here just means it's a movie I don't want to watch. It's not like the previous question where can you skip it? It's this movie sucks and I don't want to watch it. Uh, where do you got it? I've got it firmly in dig it. Oh, wow. Explain. <laughs> well, okay. So, I mean, I think that you enjoy this movie more than me. Um, I like the movie and I really enjoy it. So I dig it. <laughs> I don't think it's awesome. I think that it it has things that did not live up to expectations and maybe maybe I'm just bitter because like when this movie came out I was super excited for it and um it just wasn't 
as powerful as Avengers, the first one. I'm I'm guessing you're gonna say awesome, but I dig it. It's enjoyable. It's like I said this before, but it's an airplane movie for me. It's it's a movie that I will watch um in the background. And it's not a movie that I'll sit down, grab some popcorn, turn off the lights and and just like dedicate my night to watching. Yeah, there's some movies that are really good, like bro down movies, like you can just have it on and enjoy it amidst conversation because like Iron Man 2 is really good at that. Uh, Ragnarok, another one. Um, and of course, this one. Um, but I think this one has more like depth and, and, and we have good writing, too. It makes it. Um, and I'll, I'll, a really good, like, I'm going to sit down and watch it myself kind of movie too. I'm trying to be objective with this one because there's some movies that I like more than they deserve. Like Multiverse of Madness, it's in my personal pantheon, but it's not going to be in the pantheon. Same thing with um, Iron Man 3. I really love that movie, but I couldn't put it higher than, I think I put it in, yeah, it can't be higher than Dig It. This movie though, I mean, it, it grossed high. It wasn't as beloved as its predecessor or the two that followed. It's it's been really unfairly ranked, I think, on lists talking about the worst MCU movies, which this is definitely not. It just is what it is. It's a bridge between Avengers and Infinity War. And I think you got to judge it as such. It's a type of movie that didn't really exist until the MCU. There weren't bridge movies for, you know, trilogies as, as long as movies got back in the day or like anthology, like like uh, uh, the, the Bond movies. There's not really this type of movie elsewhere except for Justice League, and it's consistently failed to, to do so. It's a movie that didn't, like, it didn't ripen until you watch the next 10 movies. And I think you have to judge it based off what you see later, too. You can't just judge it on your first opinion, seeing it in theaters, which um, wasn't always high. If you're just watching this by itself, it's a fun movie with excellent fight scenes top to bottom and a really good classic Hawkeye speech. But when you factor in the rest of the MCU, it becomes a really, really good buildup. And like you said, it's got prequel vibes, even though it was released before to the biggest movie event in cinematic history. It brought the Avengers together as a team. This is the most important point I keep talking about, rather than them just being a group of superheroes who sometimes help each other out. Like they're a team, they're family, they're buddies. Um, so I've got it firmly in awesome. So our rankings as of 2015, uh, we've got one more movie left in, the, in phase two. Uh, number one, Avengers, two, Iron Man, three, Guardians of the Galaxy, four, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, all four in Pantheon. In Awesome, we've got Captain America, the first Avenger, and then Avengers, Age of Ultron. Uh, Dig It, Iron Man 3 and Thor, and Skippable, Iron Man 2, The Dark World, and The Incredible Hulk. Thank you guys for listening to The Wrong Opinion MCU Rewatch. If you like my podcast, check out my writing at strfacts.com. That's S-T-A-R-T-E-Facts.com. Uh, next week, we've got Ant-Man with Josh Clark. Check it out. Peace.